Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 12. Help me out here. I got 10. You need two. Wait, there we go. Episode 12 here of Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's topic is going to be everything related to part-time reselling, whether you want to stay part-time or whether you're trying to transition into full-time. We're both full-time sellers here, me and me and Johnny B. So, you know, it's it's a little bit hard looking back for us, but we both yeah. started as part-time sellers, believe it or not. So we do have retrospect and kind of the learning curve we went through when we were part-time working full-time jobs on the side. So this is going to be a fun call. And it's I, I always say it in all my YouTube videos that being part-time is a lot harder than being full-time. And you would agree. 100%. It's just one of those things where if you're not always in the game, it's harder to kind of get in and out of the game, right? Because you're not always focused on that. You have something else going on. And there's many reasons, right? Whether it's financially, uh, relationship-wise, families, everything takes a piece out of your life. And there's nothing wrong with being part-time. It's just a little bit harder to kind of navigate your way and kind of figure out what works best for you if you want to keep this part-time or turn it into full-time, trying to get it to a point where you can quit your job or take this to a full-time level. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of, actually, I'll let you go first. Give me a little bit of your uh, your experience with being a part-time seller when you were working. Sure. Um, so I started my whole reselling career. I dabbled in reselling, but I started my part-time reselling, what I consider actual part-time reselling in October of 2021. Yeah, I haven't been doing this this long, guys. Look at me. Um, so in December, I made the choice. This is what I want to do with my life. And I was silly, but in a good way. Um, so I gave my work a three month notice in January. Um, my last day was March 31st and I started full time April 1st. Don't know why I chose that date. Irony, I guess, which coincidentally was the company I was working for's anniversary too. So that's also the double kicker. Uh, but I gave him three months. Um, they, t I had to train everybody. That was part of the condition because I was a partner in this company I walked away from. So I had a lot of responsibility, uh, made a lot of money with that company and they were sad to see me go. And I had to train, how many people did they replace me with? Two, three, about six people I had to train to replace me and they didn't get paid nearly what I got paid, which I also found amusing. Um, so while I was doing my part-time, I think that's the thing. When you're part-time, you think about it so much more because it's that anticipation to get to it. But you got to do all your other responsibilities before you can. So it's always burning on, on your mind. It's a little bit different when you're full-time because you're not craving it like you once were. You're just going through it because that's your job now, right? Uh, I missed that feeling a little bit, just just a little, um, because it was like every spare moment I'm writing something on my notes that I want to do for my reselling business when I'm able to get to it. It's it, and it's that waiting game to when I can get to it, and then when I'm doing it, it I'm trying to remember from long ago when I was when I get to it, it was like so much fun and exciting. Um, it's like dating for a new person for that 
newness thing, I guess. So what um did you decide to start reselling because you know, maybe you weren't, you know, fulfilled at your previous job or was it just something you kind of wanted to try on the side and, and kind of see what you could do with it while you still work there and you didn't plan on like ever leaving? Um, I made a lot of money doing what I did. I had two full-time jobs. I had my own business and I was a partner in another business. So for all intents and purposes, I've made it in life, right? Um, I wasn't happy. Um, and it had nothing to do with the work. Well, there's stresses in any job, right? So that's normal. Tossing that aside, it's just, I wasn't fulfilled. I was doing good work, excellent work, but I wasn't satisfied there reselling i got that feeling and i haven't had that in most any job i've been in either owning my own business or working for somebody um but i did with the reselling and that's when i knew what i want to do with the rest of my life um and i'm 35 for those that don't know so figuring that out it took me 35 years right some people know what they want to do when they come out of the womb others it takes a while i was one of those that took a while even though I did the adulting things while I was figuring my own self out, I thought I was going to be working my two other jobs, uh, well, my businesses rather, um, forever, because I, I never got that feeling. And I wasn't really looking for it either. I just kind of stumbled upon it. Like, this is really fun. I could do this every day. I love doing this. I want to do this every day. How do I do this every day? And then I went down that road and then I became full-time. I would say like it was kind of the same for me, but I <clears throat> I guarantee you I wanted out of my job a lot more than you wanted out of your job. Mm -hmm. I was a I was a store manager with CVS. I hated my life. It was miserable. Um, they had decent retirement. They matched five percent. So that's kind of the reason I hung on as long as I could to uh, just keep my retirement money going in. And believe it or not, Deb probably told me a year, maybe even longer than that, before I actually quit to quit because she had a side business. I was making decent money on the side with reselling. Back then I was an everything seller, right? That was kind of the big thing. Like, yeah, you could, you go on YouTube, everybody's selling everything, right? All the YouTube channels, they're selling whatever you can make a buck on. Times were a lot different back then. And uh, I was just like, all right, I can do this on the side. The problem when you're trying to balance that part-time full-time is that if your full-time is taking too much time out of your week, you're screwed, right? You can't get out. Maybe you can get out once a week and then you got to figure out when you can ship it, ship an order, something like yeah. those. So it's like, I, I wasn't as nice as Johnny B. He gave a three month notice. I left in the middle of my shift. That's how pissed off I was at that place. And, uh, 10 years of my life down to twos. But anyway, that doesn't matter. I was, I was building this up on the side and I got it to a point where I could walk away. And that was the, the best feeling I had. But it did take a lot of work. So kind of juggling like the the work of part-time, full-time when you were doing it, did you have like, I know you're real, like you're one of these guys that like have everything scheduled, right? You're on a plan. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I just, you know, ride my horse around town. It works whatever. for you, so I don't judge you. If it didn't whatever, work, I would judge you. Whatever comes around, comes around, right? You know, I'm ready for any duels, any, any blocks yeah. I go on. But uh, how did you kind of balance it knowing that you're like, so organized with your time when you were working full time and then trying to do this part time. How do I juggle all three? Yeah, That's like awesome. did you did you have like certain days set out like for for your reselling on the side or did you just kind of well I got off work early today let me go do it. See, with mine it was more intensive. I need to be the computer at a moment's notice, right? So I made it was every day. I did something with my reselling business every day. 
not necessarily sourcing every day. I had to plan that in particular out. Like I knew we were less busy on the weekends and less critical things can go wrong on the weekends. So that's when I would do my sourcing. But I would also plan, how do I get back in less than 30 minutes if an emergency happens? Because like I said, most of the time isn't all the time. So in a moment's notice, I needed to drop whatever I was doing, leave wherever I had planned to go and go deal with an emergency, which did happen uh, during the course of those three months. Uh, well, six months, because it was in October 2021. Um, so I limited myself in my little bubble. I couldn't go out more than 30 miles, essentially, or 20 miles, um, which was beneficial. Uh, I found a lot of places I probably wouldn't, I would have probably started at all the Goodwill chains like everybody else, right, if I went in a bigger bubble. For those that don't know, I live in a rural area, so bigger bubble is probably a two-hour radius instead of 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, and as far as my listing things, I made sure I do it around 11 to midnight at night because um, that was after most everybody else goes to bed. I was the guy that always had to stay up late, even though I own my own businesses. I was a partner in another one, but everybody else had usually gone to bed. So I knew I wasn't getting any phone calls. I knew I wasn't going to get any private messages on Facebook or text messages to go fix something critical, unless it was critical. Um, but I was monitoring the critical systems, so I would know if the emergency was going on. So I had that luxury going on for me. Uh, but yes, I did have a sleep schedule, so I had to get in bed by 2 a.m. to get up at like 6 or 7 a.m. Those were the those were the fun days back then. Um, so I had a cutoff time, too. For, for those that are doing part-time with a rigid or fixed schedule, I would allocate whatever time you need, minimum sleep amount you need, do get your rest, rest is important. Just make sure you're functional for your main job is the issue. And then there would be little breaks here and there between my day-to-day -day workflow, like before, after hours, quote unquote, that I could sneak some stuff in, either research, price comp. And I just do it in little chunks, like five minutes here, 10 minutes there, five, it adds up through the course of the day, every day. I, um, you're definitely a model part-time citizen over there, right? Me, I kind of I kind of was the opposite. It was almost as if, <clears throat> because being the store manager, I was always on call, kind of like you, but mine wasn't computer-based, right? If somebody called out, I had to go to the yeah, actual the, store. Yeah, you know, physical location, yeah. And be there, or, or the alarm goes off, I got to be there, and I got to go there any time of the night. It was a little different. And, yeah, I would say I had the luxury is I was remote. I didn't have to go into an office for my day job. It was all from my house. Yes, so I could get away with the crap I'm talking about right now. Yeah, and, and you still had a bit more of a plan than I had, because honestly, when I was sourcing, it was, okay, am I off today? One of my two days off during the week. Well, what do me and Deb have to do, right? And then another thing I got to factor in is, um, you know, you got to spend time with your significant other. I can't just, you know, kind of just do what I want on my own, especially if I only have two days off. I'm working 55 hours a week. I really don't get... I really wasn't seeing Deb that much at the time. So I had to take that into consideration. And that kind of brings me to a point where um, I wanted to bring up is if you're reselling and you have a significant other, maybe children, kids, uh, maybe try to get them involved, right? I always, Deb likes going into thrift stores now and kind of looking for herself. And at the beginning, you know, it kind of wasn't like her favorite thing to do because, you know, hey, you're not off as much, you know, why are we going to a thrift store when I barely even see you during the week? So that was another thing you had to, I had to juggle doing this part-time and full-time. And luckily back then, I think you could get more bang for your buck when it came to flipping items because not a lot of people were doing it. 
So you could walk right. into a thrift store and, you know, maybe if you only go once a week, you can find $300 in one and one thrift store, one trip. I think those days are kind of gone. So it's gotten a little bit, it's definitely gotten harder to find profitable items in thrift stores because thrift stores are looking their stuff up now. But when it comes to like relationships, in addition to your full-time job and trying to do this part-time, get them involved, get your significant other involved, get your kids involved, cut them a piece, have them do something in the business, you know, or just bring them with you and say, Hey, go, go buy a toy. You know, the wife wants to shop around for jackets or whatever, go for it. Right. You're at the thrift store. You're not going to pay nowhere near as much. So you're, you're going to be saving your family money either way, if they're just shopping in there for stuff. So it, I think that was an important thing for me. It's just kind of getting Deb on board because if she never would have been on board, then this wouldn't have left the ground at all because I'd have been like, well, the, the, the hell with thrift and I'm not even going to waste my time doing it if you don't want to do it. And that's, that's the way it should be. You shouldn't do this and like go against your significant other just to resell. It's got to be a, you got to be on a, on a team or it's just not going to work. And you brought up a good point that I didn't factor in. Um, yeah, you have depth. I had no one. Um, not to say I didn't have girlfriends or whatever we're doing my, three jobs back then it was or two jobs before i started reselling my issue there is when you're working those kind of jobs i don't know how many hours you were doing i was doing 120 140 a week i do about 107 to 110 a week with reselling now uh, which is less than what i was but it's hard to have that significant other with that intense of a work schedule um you can it's doable i've done it before uh, sometimes for long periods of time, sometimes for short periods of time. Because the significant other, that's a hard pill for them to swallow that, at least on my end, it's work needs to get done, and then there's us time. Um, that's very difficult, and I understand that. I think, I think that was probably the main reason she even wanted to help is because I was working so much. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I miss so like, all right, it's going to sound dramatic, you know, like you, you miss, you miss stuff like of your kid's life, yeah. like, you know, because you're working. Well, it's the same thing like with your significant other or like, for example, our cats, you know, we treat them like our kids. It's like, I miss so much like different things with them just because I was stuck working when I didn't want to be there. So I think that's kind of what got her on board. And another thing for us, at least growing up broke in the cities and being in all this credit card debt and digging our way out that was a huge motivator for us uh, to go out and, you know, start this part-time is to have extra money. So instead of paying 40 bucks on the credit card, we're paying a hundred bucks. And then once you get rid of that credit card debt, we get rid of the card and it's like a burden off your shoulders because when you're in debt all those years and you're living, you know, dollar to dollar, it uh, changes your perspective. And that was like a huge motivating thing for us. And that's the reason we got out of debt was because we started, I started hustling harder and we just started throwing more money at it. And now, you know, it's a completely different story. We don't have to worry about any financial concerns that come up, but it was one of those things where you got to kind of, you got to be on the same page because if you're not, it's just not going to work. No, exactly. And I 100% agree with that. You guys became a team. You guys set that goal together. I'd love to find somebody like that, that would like, Hey, this is, this is, this is the show. Do you want to come along and participate kind of deal? I don't um, think it works any other way, right? I if, don't think so either. And obviously yeah. it doesn't because I'm single right now. So there you go. So it's like one of those things where I know you, you have like this this definitive list of questions like on your first and second date, right? You know, like, the interview date, right? Yeah. You want to get married. You want to have kids. Do you want to resell? 
<laughs> it's number three on the list. It should be number one, but it's number three. <laughs> so like we'll ease into that one. <laughs> there's got it. There's got to be a buffer zone. Everybody has to be on the same page with this because you can get carried away, and you know you get excited when you're out there and you're finding all these things that are worth money. But just it's realize not they have to participate either. They can just support. Um, yes. and it can just be emotional support or you're having a stressful day, they'll want to talk to you about it. Um, they don't have to be a reseller themselves, but they can support your reselling lifestyle. I think. Or understand like, hey, or you know, you got to go to the thrift store tonight so we can, you know, pay a little bit more extra money on the credit cards or the mortgage or the car, something like that. You want to go to Hawaii? Great. I need to do this so we can go to Hawaii. All right, so now I now this is going to be the the hardest thing for me and Johnny B to talk about here is being part time and wanting to stay part time, right? A lot of people out there have amazing jobs, amazing benefits, retirement, everything like that. So they're like, "Hey, I just want to do this on the side for fun." I like it's kind of like you know digging for treasure, right? You're out at thrift stores, seeing what you can find, especially if it's stuff that interests you, you know. I mean, if you're into shoes, sneakers, anything like that, then it's something that interests you, excites you. Maybe you find stuff for yourself while you're out. Um, but one to stay part time is it's it's super hard to think about and trying to have like a business plan to stay part time and keep it part time. So I'll let you hit a few things first here before I, I chime in a little bit. Well, I have one question for you, and I, I think I may have an answer, but I want your answer and take on it. What are we defining hours per week or hours per month as part-time? I would say it's got to be 5 to 15 hours. Yeah, I was at 15 to maybe 17 hours a week, I would say would be part-time. I think 15 is on the high end, though. I think a yeah. lot of people doing yeah. this part-time are, are going to be probably 10 or under. Even with the drive time and haul back time and all that? Even with the drive time, because think about it, like you said, huh? you're not going as far because you're doing this part-time. Maybe you're only going to your local Yeah, like you're doing what I did, the 30-minute or 20-minute radius. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, so, I'm down with 15 on the high then. All right, yeah. So so uh, hit, a, hit a few things here. If you were going to stay part-time, how would you go about doing this? I would set the goal. What What is the goal with my part-time money? How much extra do I want to make? Is it an extra thousand? Would I live a comfortable lifestyle with whatever other income I'm doing, whether it's social security or your, your day job? And I just need that extra part-time reselling money to give myself an extra thousand bucks because I get all my bills paid. I have some throw around money, or maybe I'm saving up for that once or twice a year vacation. It's your fun money, essentially. Because you need your primary stuff to pay all your bills, eat. Eating is important, I guess. Um, and maybe go go out on the weekend with your significant other or your family. Take them to the zoo. Zoos are fun, I hear. I got monkeys. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dude, the monkey exhibit is like what the What is your part. reselling money for? Maybe it's to pay off credit card debt, like you mentioned. Maybe that's the point. Um. First off, the monkey exhibits at the zoos are some of the best ones, all right? Uh, growing up in <laughs> like, Philadelphia, Philadelphia has a great zoo. It's huge. Um, I remember going there on field trips like every year in school. I always go to the Philadelphia Zoo. Um, it's super fun. It's uh, But, yeah, so, like, you got to kind of limit yourself, right? If you want to stay part-time, you can't, you know, like like we're saying, what's the, what's the hour range, right? Yeah. If you're going to stay part-time, you have to consider – things like that because you're going to keep this part-time you don't want it to become more than that right you don't want it to be a burden i guess that's the big thing you don't want it to become a hassle you want to do this part-time kind of 
just basically freelancing on the side, make extra money. So you got to limit yourself, right? So what happens if you're part-time and you want to keep this part-time and you start finding all this good stuff, right? All of a sudden your income starts going up, right? You're like, whoa, I just did five grand on eBay this month. And I put in, you know, eight hours a week. It's, uh, that's, that's where you're going to be challenged if you're going to stay part-time because you see the potential of reselling, right? That's enticing, but maybe that's not, that's not reality, right? That that's just an inflow. Maybe you found one item that was a thousand dollar item. So your numbers are kind of skewed, but in your mind, you see that overall number and you're like, wait a minute, you know? So staying part-time, you gotta, you gotta, I think you gotta take the, the Johnny B route and be more disciplined and more scheduled out, right? Because this is something you don't want to take to that next level. So you have to take your losses with your wins because no matter what, you're not trying to build this into something more. So if you go out, you say, hey, I'm going out once a week and you go out that one time a week and you find nothing, you have to eat that. You have to say, hey, I did what I could. I went out this week. I didn't find anything. It is what it is because this is the time you allot for it because you don't want it to be more than part-time. Right. And I'm going to pull a feather out of your cap. I would, if you're doing eBay and Amazon, I would, your listings are small. You're, you don't do, I wouldn't even do what other people say at what part-time on eBay would be 20. Now that's too much for a part-time person and do Amazon. Your listings need to be probably 10 or under. Um, I mean, you do one a day or maybe two or three. That's fine, I think, with what you're doing because your focus is Amazon. And I think if you're a part-time person, especially in our niche, you're you do need to focus on Amazon more because that's more money per bank, in my opinion, than going the eBay route. Yeah, have some eBay on the side, but again, 10 listings are under if you're a part-time person a day. Uh probably five or under, in all honesty, if you're a part-time, a true part-time person. Um, be, be more picky, right? You you mm -hmm. gotta be more picky, right? You don't want that you don't want to turn five into 10 or 15, right? You want to be selling stuff that's going to make you decent money, more bang for your buck. You can't, can't look for the little stuff. You want to be thinking bigger and sure you'll find less, but that's good because you have less time to list and ship and all that stuff. So basically you make more money by doing less. The reason people at scale buy basically anything that can make them five, 10 bucks is because we have more time to dedicate to it. Now, when you don't have that time, you have to value it more. So you have to look for better items. Don't be scared to pass something if you're not sure or if it's only going to make you 10 bucks. You have to realize, especially if you're doing eBay, you got to list it, photos, package, ship it, customer service. It's not just buying it at the thrift store. Right. And I would bounce off what you're saying. I wouldn't put if I was doing five listings or under a day, those five listings got to count. So. I wouldn't list anything that wasn't worth. I wasn't clearing fifty dollars or more. Clearing means after all fees, after all buy costs. If you're doing taxes, that's up to you. Um, but your fifty's going into your bank account from that sale. I think another thing we got to set up here is so we have your hours, right? You have your. You can't be exact with this. You can't say, "Hey, I'm putting eight hours." It's got to be more of a five to ten kind of thing because. You're part-time, right? Life happens. You're working a full-time job. Maybe you get called in. Something happens on the side. You got to be flexible with your hours. But when it comes to your income, I think you have to kind of have a, a standard for where you want to hit every month, like you said earlier, right? You want to hit $1,000. All right, so what happens, Mike, if you know we hit over 1000 Maybe we hit 1200 this month. Or like we said, we have a crazy month where we do 5000 Sure. That's perfectly fine. 
you just have to dedicate those funds to basically what you're working towards, right? If you're working towards debt, car, whatever, don't, don't, don't look at it as, Hey, you know, uh, this is just, this is just free play money. This is a, a side business you're running. It's not just like a, a hobby or whatever you want to call it. You're running a business on the side. Like you said, you're going to have to pay taxes on these things, even part-time, you're going to have to pay taxes. So you have to just think smart. And just because you have a good month and you're part-time and you want to stay part-time, just, just don't think it's money to blow. Cause I think that, think that happens a lot. And honestly, I've been guilty of that, especially part-time, right? I'm like, Oh, I found this item. I sold it for uh, 150 bucks. And I'm like, well, guess what? You know, we're going out to eat tonight, tomorrow, the next night and the night after, because, uh, you know, I made more than I was expecting to make. I think you made a very crystal clear thing. And I wanted to emphasize on that. We're separating the hobbyist from a true part-time seller. Um, that is very important. The hobbyist is going to do exactly what he said. They're going to go out for steak dinner that night, maybe some lobster too. You part-time people, you need to reinvest back in your business. Set your money aside for the taxes, assuming you're an honest citizen. If you're not, I don't want to know anything you're doing. Um, but yeah, you got to, I would pay yourself, I don't know, I think 5% a year goes to your bank account, so 10% year two. And the rest gets pumped back in that business. Or if you're using it, maybe not. Okay, I'm going to retract that. If you're using it to pay off your credit card debt or your mortgage or your car payment. That's yeah, you're saying extra money after you have yeah, that initial thousand dollars. Once, once you cleared it, your extra money, pay yourself 5%, pump the extra, extra money back into the business. Because you're treating it as a part-time business, so it deserves that money. So basically saying you get 5% fun money. Which isn't yeah. bad. I mean, you sell something for a hundred bucks, you get five bucks. You know, that's, I mean, it won't get you a foot long of subway anymore, but it'll get you something out there somewhere. Right. Yeah, um, maybe you get yourself that candy bar while you're in the grocery store checking out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing is don't, you don't have to focus. Like I know a lot of people get so sing, single, like tunnel vision on one thing, right? Maybe your thousand dollars you want to sell every month is has multiple things in it. Right. Maybe it's your car, uh, kids, college fund, your retirement fund. So whatever you hit after that can be part of the reinvestment and the fun money. So yes. you have all, all your things built into that initial total you're looking to get every month. And then after that, you know, hey, all right, well, we paid extra on that. We did everything we we're supposed to do. So this is money we can put back in, buy things for the business to save you time. Because as part-timer, time is your most valuable asset. So things that are going to speed up your time, um, that's the most important thing. And just just be smart with it. But you got to have that solid number you have to come to so you have that number now you got to backtrack from that number so how many things do you have to sell at what price to get that number that's just as important as coming up with the number because okay uh johnny b needs to make an extra thousand dollars a month well how where am i where am i even supposed to start it's like i don't know how many items that is so if you're just starting it's 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 going to be a little bit tough for you because you're just starting. You really don't understand your market, your niche. If you're selling everything, you don't know what you're going to come across. But after a month or two or three months, you can see your average sales price on Amazon, eBay. So that kind of lets you break it down some. And I know you're real you're, you're real big with numbers, so I'll let you chime in. Yeah, I mean, the beginning and still you you may not know what sells and what doesn't that just comes with time and experience even if you're doing this part-time 
sure, it may take you twice as long to figure it out, but you will figure it out, and then you adjust for that. As far as the quantity goes, I mean, let's do our, our five listing a day model um, at $50 profit, net profit, by the way, meaning it goes in your bank account. Not You're talking product. $50 per item? In a part-time level? Yeah, because I would make everyone a banger that you sell. Dude, you ain't finding that in thrift stores. Yeah, you can. Do it all the time. That, that's too high. I'll give you 25 bucks. Okay, fine. $25. Look, we all need to go to Johnny B's thrift stores because apparently they're just selling, you know, Gucci, Prada, everything, you know, it's worth millions of dollars. I got like four books over there I just pulled from a thrift store. They're worth $80 plus. Dude, I'm over okay. here. I'm over here sourcing plain white these stand are up. These aren't Amazon. These are eBay books. Oh my God. I did sell a $45 eBay book this morning. C, C. All right, fine. We'll do twenty five dollars. We'll we'll be very conservative. Yes, cater to us peasants who don't have banging thrift stores. Okay, so that's one hundred twenty five days. Uh, you're listing a potential profit, right? So times seven. That's going to bring you up to. Well, did that wrong. Seven five times twenty five times seven is eight hundred seventy five dollars in potential profit a week times four to count for the month is $3,500 of what you could sell it for. So you're going to divide that number by two because you're going to clear about two if they all sold, 100% of them sold, which is going to bring us back to $1,750. So we're going to need to sell a large percentage of us those things to get to our $1,000 threshold mark. Um. So taking the 1750 number here that we could potentially clear if we sold them all, um, then divide by five items. Okay. So you're you're gonna need to build your store, in my opinion, at least up to 350 items at listing five a day. So divide by five, how many items is that gonna be? So no, 70 days of listing. 70 days of listings is what that's going to end up being. So about a little over two months. So we'll call it three months. Give yourself a buffer because maybe some, you're part-time, right? Something comes up. So it gets in the way. So three months. So your 90-day goal, get 350 items up on eBay. That's It's feasible. I mean, you just, you know, got to make sure you, it's going to take a little bit of time, right? Because you're doing this part-time. You don't have Johnny B., you don't have Mike's time where I can just go live in thrift stores, right? You you got to be more, you know, smarter with your time. You have to you have to allocate it in a better way than we do because we have more time than you. And I think that's the challenge when you're staying part time is just staying part time. I think that's the hardest part of it all. But if you can get it down to a science and listen, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some crazy stuff out there right now. If you did media on Amazon part-time, if you gave me 10 hours a week, I could easily make you that $1,000 a month easily. And that's not, you're not shipping nothing to the customers. All we're doing is shipping it to Amazon. Um, and I say that all the time. And 10 hours maybe is on the high end because once once I get you rocking and rolling uh, and you get money coming in, we get a listing software, you know, it, we could probably get it down to six hours a week. And four of those hours are going to be you sourcing. So you basically give me 24 hours of your time, a minimum of $1,000 a month in profit is easily possible 
if you sold media on Amazon and you were focused about it. I, I guarantee that 100%. I'll stand behind that statement forever. No, I agree with you. I, I would say if, if you, you can't even do your 15 hours on the high end, just do Amazon. Don't leave eBay behind. You don't got enough time to do it. Um, and I just want to clarify something because we may get zinged for it. So that 350 items at in our 90-day goal, that doesn't mean you're going to make $1,000 a month yet. That means you're on your way. You put yourself in that position. That's the baseline we're going off of. It may take you six months. Oh, yeah. I mean, with anything, months. with anything, right? You have to, you got to build it up. Any business, you know, unless you're buying a franchise and you've got a hot location for the new Chick-fil-A, then that's really the only business where you ain't got to do nothing. And the first day you open, the cars are through the whole neighborhood, right? That's that's the only kind of way you walk into a business and it's busy from day one. You have to build it up. You got there's if you have a brand, you, everybody knows you got to build your brand up, build whatever you have up. This this isn't instant, right? Because day one you don't have nothing to sell, <laughs> right? So you're right. already and you're already behind. Mean you're today. not going to accept a fifteen dollar offer on your twenty five dollar item either. Yep. Uh, and, I, and and to super clarify, this is listing five a day every day consistently, not listing 350 items in a week and then waiting 90 days like, hey, Johnny V and Mike, where's my money? That isn't how eBay works. I'm not going to go in all the details of the algorithm, but this is at five a day every day for your part time reselling at twenty five dollar or higher items. All right. I'm going to make another uh, another harsh statement here. Um if you want to stay part-time as a reseller, do Amazon FBA. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even, <laughs> if I had to start over, I wouldn't even do eBay part-time. If I plan on staying part-time and listen, you, you just want to be part-time. I'm not talking people that want to grow. I'm talking about the, the folks out there that want to stay part-time. Do Amazon FBA. It It's kind of hassleless. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. It's it's so much less stress and work and shipping supplies and inventory management and things like that than eBay is. So if you want to stay part-time, keep it part-time, just perfectly fine. Build up your nest egg, build up a whole bunch of money on the side. Do Amazon over eBay. That's an easy choice 99.9% .9 of the time. I, as the eBay seller, agree with you. I finally have conquered the eBay seller. Woohoo! If you're um, a part-time person, just focus on FBA. I'm going to say know, it. If you're a part-timer that wants to stay part-time. Yes. Uh, yes. If you're right. a part-timer that wants to transition to full-time, that's another podcast for another time. Unless Mike wants to go into it. No, we're going into that right now. I'm okay. feeling, I'm feeling generous. We're going to, we're, we're just going to upload Bonus this whole, round. we're going to upload this whole episode to YouTube this week, because I feel like there's a lot of part-timers out there that need to hear a lot of these topics we're covering. So Listen, sorry, YouTube members, you don't get nothing extra this week. Uh, I'll, I'll give out candies on the Zoom call. <laughs> candy? Whoa. <laughs> no, I ate my uh, Hershey's bar this morning. So um, we're going to get into part-timers that want to take it full-time, which was me and you yeah, yeah. when we started. This is kind of the uh, the fun part. So part-timers that want to start full-time. Uh, we both agree when you start out reselling, you want to sell everything. You yeah. want to get some cash flow going. You want to find out what you'd like what makes sense you know like i i I, honestly, I think it's what you like is the hardest thing to figure out yeah oh yeah well it's not only what you like it's what what is in your area right what sources what are your sources giving you so as much you know as maybe i'm not a book reader 
my sources for books are great and I have a lot of them. So it's something where you get, it's almost a balance of, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a huge reader, but I do read a little bit, but all the sources are here. If I wanted like, oh yeah, I used to love playing video games, but there's no way I could be a video game seller because they don't exist around me in enough abundance to make it financially make sense. Right. Um. So like, I, well, I started out selling everything. I sold every category on eBay, probably. Um, a big thing I had that I, I would, those Guitar Hero guitars, I used to clean oh, up on those things, yeah. the, the VCRs, but I do not miss making the boxes. And I remember Deb being pissed off at me every time. I'm like, Deb, help me box this up. And like, no matter how much styrofoam you put on the corner of the VCRs, they always get smashed in transit and it was just a headache. But when you start out, you know, you're flipping that five into 50 and it's like, it's exciting stuff. And you get, and you honestly, you get, you get cash flow in the beginning because you're selling anything, but as part-time, you can't be looking everything up in the store. That's, that's where your challenge comes in because you're only going out maybe once or twice a week. You can't be looking up every single shirt, looking through every single clothing rack. And personally, unless you, unless you have a strong interest in clothing, I would steer clear of selling uh, used clothes at the beginning of your eBay journey. A lot of them are, are longer moving stuff. Unless you have a place that has, you know, some thrift stores have great brands. You walk in, you find, you know, untuck it, button up shirts. I can't tell you how many times me and Deb have sifted through the men's shirt racks and found basically absolutely nothing. I probably have invested hundreds of hours of my life just going through the the polo shirts, I think I found maybe one or two untucked shirts the whole time. I'm talking months and months and months of thrifting. So it just didn't make sense for me anymore. So it's one of those things where you have to get out there part-time, see what your thrift stores have, understand your market, your area. Some people live in more affluent areas where the items are just better, right? Hall by Hall is on YouTube goes to some of these estate sales and they're selling stuff for astronomical prices it's just because in the area he's in it's more affluent has a lot of retirees people that had money you, that basically changes everything for you because you can say hey he sells everything but he just has way better quality stuff and the stuff sure. he comes across is just insane right and for you part-time people um you're in if you're doing ebay and or and or merchant fulfilled you're gonna need a place to put this stuff does that mean you're going to convert your garage is that going to mean you're going to build a shed does that mean you're going to get a storage unit does that mean you want some kind of warehouse or rental property where you go to that requires planning and with that planning there are costs associated for those plans to get executed so figuring that out i think is huge for you part-time people um, cause where are you going to put the stuff? If you're just doing FBA and you plan on transitioning to full-time FBA. Okay. If, if you're going to do full-time, you're still going to do bulk and you need a place to sort that stuff, those big old piles. And again, it's the same question there. What kind of space are you going to need long game? Oh, uh, what about like, so this is, this is a little bit tougher here because if you want to go full-time, you have this end game number in your head, right? So I know at CVS, I was making, you know, whatever, $5,000 a month, we'll say. And that's what you got to get to so you can leave your keys and tell CVS to go pound sand, you're done, you're not working for them no more. But in the meantime, while you're building it up, you have this money coming in and it's almost in a spot where you can't do what you're doing if you want to stay part-time where you're paying off bills because you want to grow your business 
a majority of that money has to go back into the business to grow it. Unlike if you want to stay part-time where that money's going towards certain things like bills or retirement funds, if you want to grow this into full-time, the majority of that money you're making, you can't touch besides pumping it into more inventory to grow your business. So I think we took two different approaches when we jumped from part-time to full-time. And I think yours was better than mine. And here's why. I had about a year or two of savings where I could make $0 with my reselling business and I'd be okay. I'd be able to pay all my bills. Uh, but that means I had a year or two to figure it out, make it work, make it profitable so I could continue paying my bills and still be profitable. Um, so when I left, I thought I had a great idea, but I learned a whole lot along the way. I'd probably say the last three months, I've made decent money out of my left in April. So what, yeah. So what is that? Six months, seven months, it took me seven months to really figure it out. Cause I thought I knew what I was doing day one on April one did not, I had to figure things out, but I only figured that out because I went full time and I was able to figure things out in a full time capacity way. Cause that's my job now to figure it out. Um, I think you, you literally replaced your CVS income with your reselling income, like when they matched or were better, that's when you took off. I think that's a much better way to do it than what I did. I I, I put myself in a do or die situation. You you play a dangerous game. That That's very dangerous. And I think most people would probably fall flat on their face because yeah. you understand, hey, I got two years to figure this out, right? So the first mm -hmm. 23 months, I'm, I'm kicking back. I'm on the PS5. I'm chilling. I'm not worried about nothing until you get to that crunch time. So what you did is definitely more dangerous and it takes a lot of discipline. I do not advise doing what I did. I did it, but I do not advise doing it. it I mean, well, you're proof that it does work for some it people, can. but it just takes discipline. Yes. And I don't um, think a lot of people have that discipline and not that you don't Mike, but your model was a safer, reliable, and you're going to make it, it. You already made it model. Do it yeah. this way. It, it is the safer model, but the problem is people don't like waiting to to call it quits, right? You know, like they want to quit right away. Um, but I 100% I agree. Listen, I was miserable at CBS for 10 years. What's another six months of me being miserable and continuing to build this on the side? And if you want to turn this into full time, there's going to be sacrifices you have to make. I know we talked about it earlier when it comes to the importance of having your relationships survive this and kids and time away and family time, there's going to be sacrifices you have to make if you're working full-time and you're doing this part-time, but you want this part-time to be full-time, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of time, right? It's going to be a lot of late nights, early mornings, flea markets, things like that. But that's what it takes to get out of that full-time job and make this full-time. So there's a lot more sacrifices when it comes to growing part-time to full-time while you're working full-time. Now we mentioned the part-time hours. I don't think we mentioned the full-time hours. My number is 80 minimum. What's your number for full-time in your opinion? My number is nowhere near that, but realize Johnny B's eBay guy. I'm an Amazon guy. Sure. When, when it's the thick of things, if I'm factoring in YouTube videos, stuff like that, I'm probably around 40, but I'll be with you. I'll be honest with you. It fluctuates. There's some weeks where I can get away with 20 hours. You know, and there's some weeks I can get away where it's 50 hours, 60 hours, right? It's, it's It goes both ways with me. It's right. not more consistent like you because you have all the inventory for eBay. But that's like we kind of hit on it earlier. Like Amazon is less of a time sink yeah. and less Half of a time, right? 
yeah, there's not as many, many, you know, responsibilities because right. software does it all for us and makes everything so easy. That's why I love Amazon. But Amazon's beautiful. I love it. It is. But I think I think it brings us into the next thing is I think you have to have both or maybe not both Amazon and eBay, but you have to have at least two platforms. So maybe you're a Poshmark girl or a Macari guy. I think you have to have two main platforms so you don't have all your eggs in one basket. No, I, I agree with that because we all got that email this year. We're no longer selling books. I mean, you and I talked about that. Okay, that just means more CDs and DVDs. But what if they are like no more third-party sellers? That's big. Yeah. And do that. You they, can, can. they can. Any platform can, right? Or any platform can go belly up. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, right? They get a new CEOs. Uh, like, you, you know, we were talking about it before we started recording this calls. You look at the stock prices of Amazon and eBay. It's yeah. it's down big. I mean, it's not a Both little bit them, here. Yeah. So it, things can happen where platforms can go away overnight and you have to be willing to pivot. And I mean, I'll throw Deb out there, right? Cat and dog toys, DebraMarieStudio.com. She okay. built her own website on Shopify. So she don't have to play by nobody's rules. She's got her own website. It's hosted. She pays for that. So if Etsy goes bye-bye, she's still good to go, right? But she has two different options and you have to have at least two. Um, right. Now, and then uh, you mentioned it. I think eBay's on their eighth or ninth CEO since 1996. That's a lot, guys. That is a lot. Yeah, they're, they're trying to, these platforms are still trying to, Amazon came in and just kind of took it by storm. So all these other platforms are trying to figure out ways to make things make sense. But it's just, you know, as, as a part-timer that wants to go full-time, I'm not saying you have to be fully invested in both platforms, right? I'm not listing 25 a day on eBay and 25 a day on Amazon. I'm one a day on eBay. I yeah. mean, one a day, one, not two, not three. One listing every day on eBay for me. I have an eBay store. It makes me a thousand plus dollars a month. It's just, I, I try to keep eBay as, as less of a headache as I can because it's not my focus, but you have to have that fallback. Right. And there's another difference other than Mike works half the time. I have, I, I want a big warehouse. I want like 10 employees. Those are my goals. I don't necessarily think they're Mike's goals. So he doesn't have to crank it up like I do to the my eight, 80 hour minimum. I work more than 80 hours a week, by the way. But you got to, again, we preach this all the time. You got to do what's right for your business because Mike's business is different from my business because we have different goals. Yeah. So as a part-timer that's looking to scale to full-time, you get to a point where you're almost getting there. And I challenge everybody that's almost getting there to quitting their job, not to quit. Just because you have that first month oh, Johnny B, I made five grand this month. I can quit CBS today. Okay. No, 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 no. One anomaly month is not what you're going off of. I need at least two, I, I want to say you need at least three months of making the income you're making and doing all the things within your reselling business that you should be doing daily before you decide to quit. And for me, it was probably closer to a year. Like I said, Deb was yelling at me to quit way before I did. And I'm like, I'm not really a quitter on anything and uh, my retirement. And I was just like, I don't know. And then I finally got to the point where I could, I mean, I could have quit 12 months ago. And even to this day, she says it all the time. Like she's, I'm surprised you told me you quit. I didn't believe when you called me in the parking lot and said you quit. It's just one of those things. Right. And I'll do you one better. And before I make my statement here, 
uh, in Amazon land is May, June, and July the worst selling months? Or really doesn't matter over there. It depends what you're selling. What we sell. No, I'm 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 pretty consistent through most of the months. Once you get up there with inventory, it gets more consistent with Amazon. I don't think there's really slow months. People are like, oh, you're going to see an uptick, a downtick. When you have volume, you're still going to sell no matter what. Fair. So I, there's a thing at least in eBay land of summer, what we call summer slowdown, which May, June, and July. If you're able to make your paycheck during those three critical months, whatever you're doing for your day job. I'd say you're free and clear to leave your day job, but this is if you're doing eBay and eBay only at that. If you diversify to like we were saying, eBay and Amazon, and again, he just said there's not really a summer slowdown over in Amazon land. Um, maybe, again, you're, you're the collective money, if you're able to clear during those three months, I'd say you're safe to give your notice. May, June, and July, I did roughly... 20k between the three months on amazon i did less on amazon and in, in what would that be january february march so interesting different cycles but you have to factor in i probably was ramping up more during those months so i can't right because you just be, came out of the lockdown you got yeah yeah next year will right probably then. be a better accurate but it, there is no like huge drop off for me if i'm looking at it so um it, it's you got to have consistency, right? You can't, you know, like I walk into a thrift store, sometimes you find a $500 item. And when you're small part-time, that $500 boost to your bottom line, it gives you that huge anomaly in your sales, right? You go from a, a $2,000 month to a $3,000 month because two or three items, but you're not consistently going to find that. You, you can't rely on the home run numbers. You have to rely on the bread and butter numbers, the stuff you're always selling consistently to kind of get it to a point where, you can comfortably step away. And I, I want people to be comfortable in making the choice. I don't want you saying, I'm quitting my job. And then, you know, two weeks rolls around, you don't get that paycheck from your job. And you're like, wait a minute, this, this isn't working. And that's, unfortunately, that's happened to a lot of people. A lot of people get burned in the reselling business because they hear all this money people are making these gurus and all that nonsense. And you have to be smart. You have to realize this is a business this is your life. You're not getting that guaranteed paycheck anymore. And you don't have a guaranteed schedule, right? I'm not calling Johnny B at nine Oh five when he's supposed to be in at nine. Like, Hey, uh, where are you at? You know, there's nobody to do that. You gotta, you gotta get up yourself and, and get things done. I'm going to roll back to what I said. I, I still, I'm going to still stick to the three months, the three months in particular don't matter plus 20%. So that accounts for, any anomalies coming up, let's say you get to those three months and then your next cycle, you made one half what you did these three, but that plus 20% of what your base pay was, it accounts for those drop in sales for whatever's going on in the world. So yeah, three months, whatever your job is, plus 20%. You're able to clear base pay plus 20% for three consecutive months. Go ahead, put your notice if you're really wanting to do this full time, in my opinion. We're going off bottom line income here as well. We're not going off sales. Your sales mean nothing. I don't oh, care if someone says that. Jack. Your sales and what you see people say, I sold this much, I sold that much. That means nothing. It's what, what's your take home after all that. So that's the important part here. Don't get caught up so much in your sales number. You want to see how much is actually going into your bank account. Keep a separate bank account. That's the easiest way. I mean, it's just, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's got to be the, the main way you do this is, 
you know, I have an eBay card. All my eBay money goes on there and I spend it on Amazon inventory. So I know exactly what I'm getting from eBay. And eBay even gives you monthly statements now. They make it so easy to actually go in and see. So get an actual picture. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, and that's a fair point, but also do the same thing for your paycheck to know what that number is. So, yeah, you may, they may say you make five grand a month, but you're only clearing 3,500. Okay. Then your base on your reselling needs to be 3,500 plus 20%. It's your take home and your take home. Yes. Yes. That's all that matters. Your sales and your, uh, your salary mean nothing because that's not what you're actually getting paid. Right. That's just these cool numbers that people have and, and show around. So you have to grow it smartly and don't, don't rush to jump to full-time. Make sure that you have the foundation. I know it sucks. A lot of people hate their jobs. I was one of them, but suck it up for another six months. If you can't, if you can't turn a part-time into full-time within six months, then it's, it's not for you because you're not putting in enough effort and you're not sourcing enough items. So maybe you need to revisit it down the road. But I think six months, if you want to turn this part-time into full-time, is is probably a good number to, to a goal to set for yourself. Like, hey, I'm giving myself six months to turn this part-time into full-time. I think you can easily do it no matter what you're doing. Look for bulk deals so you don't have to leave your house to source. There's so many different things you can do. I, you, you feel like six months is a good number? I do. I'm comfortable with six months. And uh, just to reiterate, don't do what I did. Don't put yourself in that do or die, even if you got the cushion to do it. Do it the Mike way. Do it the smart way. Mike is a smart guy. I mean, I'm not that smart. That's the only for, time you'll hear me say this. No. If it wasn't for Deb, I'd probably still be working at CVS. <laughs> um, probably not, but I'd probably be working somewhere else. I probably wouldn't be doing reselling. And if you hate your job enough, it's going to motivate you more and more to actually build this up on the side, right? You don't care if you work 60 hours this week. You're still going to get out to the flea market on the weekend and make some money so you can tell these people to go beat it. You're going to go do your own. And there's no better feeling than quitting a job you hate. I'll tell you what, when I walked out those doors at CVS, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. Right. I didn't hate my job, but I did get some satisfaction. Uh, I don't know. It's like this. Your Atlas, right? Holding the world on top of your shoulders. And then whoosh, I'm a reseller now. Yeah. I was good at my job. And believe it or not, when I quit in November, if I would have stayed till March, I was probably looking at a 10 grand bonus, right? So that's a good bonus. Deb yells at me. Hey, the hell with the bonus. But Deb, 10 grand. I just got to last four more months. She's like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. And I, I was stubborn. I'm, I'm stubborn like most people are. I was like, well, I want to I want to hang in there for that bonus. And bonus didn't forget the bonus. It meant nothing to me. I made more in those months from when I quit. And understand, right, when, you, when you're switching from part-time to full-time, you have to kind of flip a switch. You can't oh, continue yeah. your part-time habit. You got to you got to ramp it up and you got to ramp it up quick. All right. Because you're making that money you're making, but that's not, that's just a, that's a bottom line for you. That's something you're building off of. Just think about it. You're in this situation. Now you're part-time. You want to go full-time you're making, you know, $5,000 a month part-time. Just think about if you devoted that extra 20, 30 hours a week to reselling what it could be, let that motivate you, but don't do that before you hit your number. Don't say, Hey, I'm making a thousand dollars and I'm only doing this five hours a week. And if I quit today and I can invest another 35 hours, I'm going to make, you know, whatever the X is on that, you know, $8,000 a week. That's not the reality. 
Um, you want to build it to a point where you're consistently getting that income and then you can start thinking exponential numbers in your head what the potential possibly is. Don't do that before you're at that baseline where you want to be. Yeah, it's okay to go slow. You fall into a trap, running. right? What's that? You fall into a trap because you have one week where you make a thousand bucks and you think you can quit that next week because every week's going to be a thousand. It's kind of like a mind trap because you see that number for that one week or that one month. And you think that it's going to be reproduced no matter what, if you quit today, not, not in three months, if you quit today, you can easily continue that number, but it's, that's not the, it's not reality. Oh yeah. And I have bad months and I have bad days. I mean, and I think we focus on the bad days and don't look at the month as a whole, but even then sometimes there's worse months than others. And if you think you're going to make this all the time without making any adjustments and just maintain what you're doing, you're wrong. Sorry, you're wrong. So, and, and to what I was saying, it's okay to grow slow, even if you're running to grow slow, if that makes any kind of sense. I hope it does. You can hustle, but you can do it safely. And I advise doing it safely. I'm going to reiterate, don't do it my way. There's a lot more gray hair over here than there was six, seven, eight, nine months ago. I made it work. I did what I needed to do but I'd be tired. <laughs> be smart. There's a, there's so many resources out there. So like how I came on to resell was just sitting at work, working by myself nine to five. And just, uh, I'm, I'm just on YouTube, right? Like how to quit, how to get out of my miserable job. There's so much content out there. You can do anything, right? It doesn't even have to just be reselling. You can do anything you want to do out there, but build it up smart, build it on the side so you can quit your job. All right. You don't have to suffer. Um, I put myself in a suffering scenario. Was it worth it? Debatable. I'm happy where I'm at now, but I didn't have to do it the way I did it. I, I And I would advise anybody not to do it the way I did it. I really would. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up here. We've been talking forever. This is one of those things where we kind of talk about it every week on the call because we have a lot of part-timers and a lot of them want to stay part-time. A lot of them want to go full-time. Either way is perfectly fine. You just have to kind of have a different mindset of, you know, how you do things. That's all, that's all it comes down to. And grow it slow. And, you know, every little bit of, every little bit of money you make on the side adds up. Don't think about it in a way where, you know, you have to be making five, 10 grand your first three months of every month part-time. That's not the reality. Don't expect my results or Johnny B results when you're only doing it a fourth of the time. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just the reality of it. And it's perfectly fine. Like I said, if you can, if you have the mentality and the willpower to keep this part-time on the side and you can get it down to maybe six hours a week, I mean, you just, you're collecting a check and it's that easy. And most of us that, you know, work in these full-time jobs, it can be a lot easier than working some of these jobs. So I get it. So sorry, members, no full length episode for you suckers this week. When message Johnny B, he'll, uh, he'll deal with the complaints, my complaint department, but we appreciate you all watching. I'm working my eBay store for the day to feel better. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's the last thing anybody wants to do. We, uh, we appreciate you watching and we'll I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.